What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Matthew Anthony Hawkins here with Around Town in Chilliwack. Around Town in Chilliwack is a podcast featuring local people that are doing interesting work. If you're looking for something that's a little bit different in terms of advertising, then jump on board with this podcast series, Around Town in Chilliwack. It's going to be spread out throughout the whole Chilliwack area, and we are going to be spreading it out throughout BC and Alberta a little bit, just letting people know what's going on in Chilliwack and the interesting and unique people that we have here. So if you're interested in a unique advertising opportunity, contact me, Matthew Hawkins, at matt at filmads.ca. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Paul Henderson is a reporter from the Chilliwack Times and has a polarizing effect on, uh, on Facebook and even in the paper. Uh, people love to love him or they love to hate him. And uh, Paul's all right with that. It was great to sit down with Paul uh, as he has a unique uh, outlook, unique view on what life in Chilliwack is like. And uh, it was great to, to hear from his side of things, um, how he does things and why he does things. Sit back, enjoy. I present to you, Paul Henderson. I'm uh, Matthew Hawkins here with as he finishes his sip. <laughs> Paul Anderson. We're, uh, we're enjoying the new white stout from Old Yale Brewery, so it's, it's going to be a good podcast. Fabulous. Well, thanks, man, for uh, joining and being a part of Around Town in Chilliwack. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Why don't you uh, tell us who you are, what you do? Sure. My name's Paul Henderson. I'm a <clears throat> reporter for the Chilliwack Times. Um, I'm the main reporter, the senior reporter, whatever you want to call it. Pretty much the only reporter now. Uh, uh, I've been there for coming up on ten years. It'll be in June. It'll be my my. It'll be ten years in Chilliwack. And uh, yeah, I do everything. I cover city hall. I cover politics. I cover the courts. I cover anything that comes across my desk. And uh, basically, the whole front of the paper now is me pictures and words is paul henderson pictures and words yeah pictures and words well the one thing is my colleague greg lachek who does the sports but he also writes for the agassi harrison observer he's an incredible photographer so Mm -hmm. lately anytime i i'm a half decent photographer but then every time i think of a photograph i think oh greg greg (laughs) so i just if he's available i get him to do it because he's just stunning he's got a good eye for it yeah he's amazing he's that's what he's trained as he's a professional he has the gear he's yeah nice he's amazing yeah good anything uh interesting you're working on right now um it's always it's always interesting it's always different i mean today i had a unique day today you could say i um this morning i went out and took a couple pictures of uh the delivery guy for Old Yale Brewing dressed as a Sasquatch. <laughs> I was going to say, is it a delivery guy? It's the deliver. It's the actual delivery guy. Yeah. Dave is his name, and he he drives the van. He delivers the actual deliveries, and uh, they launched their new beer here that we're sampling, the uh, Yeti White Stout, I believe it's called. Yeah. But so was he dressed up as a Sasquatch though? Yeah, they bought a Sasquatch costume. Or was he a Yeti? Uh, <laughs> well, I believe the terms are interchangeable. One is sort of Nepal, and one's North America. Yeah, but yeah. He was white, so I think you'd probably call him a Yeti. Yeah. Yeah, he was white. You'd think of the Sasquatch as brown. So Sasquatch in this room is a big deal, just so you know. Oh, really? Yeah, every Fishing Guys episode, that uh, podcast episode we do, Sasquatch has to be talked about. Really? Yeah, so I have a, there's an action figure up there. It's in the box still. Nice. 
from uh, nice. Harrison Hot Springs, and and we're in Chilliwack, which is fairly close to uh, apparently a uh, world-renowned Sasquatch area. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I did a story a while back on the the guy, um, very elderly now, mm-hmm. but he's like one of the. It sounds crazy to say world's leading experts, but uh, on the on the Sasquatch, and yeah. his name is escaping me right now. John something. Uh, anyway, and he. Uh, but back from like the 1950s, he's got photographs of himself with giant print prints, and he tells tells the stories. And yeah, he he, it's a really really interesting guy. But yeah, it's Sasquatch country, right? Sasquatch oh, provincial sure. park. And... We stopped in the uh, museum in Yale. They had, they had a Sasquatch oh, yeah. exhibit there. Really, I didn't know. Like, it, it it probably comes across right now that I'm some sort of crazy Sasquatch yeah. guy. It's not the truth. We we stopped in Yale for their little flea market that they have on the highway during the summer yeah and uh the kids got bored they didn't want to check out the flea market so look across the street there's a museum for sasquatch display like, cool <laughs> let's go check it out nice and uh yeah it was interesting yeah well i mean the sasquatch is the uh the band logo for the chehalis indian band in yeah the harrison River. well the name sasquatch comes from them like yeah sasquets or something like that. it's s-a-s yeah. apostrophe q-e-t-s Oops. yeah yeah no Anyway, so yeah, that's my day today started. Old Yale Brewing. With that. It was actually, I was taking pictures of the In Mist crew. Mm-hmm. Take videoing, shooting a video of the Sasquatch doing the deliveries. Yeah. They're, they're making like a little 30 second commercial, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah, I saw them uh, shooting at the brewery today. They were doing oh, some yeah. drone work and stuff there. So Drone work too. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't know what they what they got planned, but. Yeah, they're they're good though. Those guys. I saw the tourism chillock video they did. Yeah, no, they're amazing. especially outdoor video stuff and photos. Yeah. They're yeah. Top but again, notch. this is what you do, so I don't want to say they're better than you. <laughs> they're not as good as you. There we go. They're the second best, best, second best video best. producers. Chillock. Uh, everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. So. So anyway, cool. my first stop was doing was doing that, and then in between that, I have been to the Chillock Cemetery where I talked to the manager of the Chillock Cemetery about possibly people being plaques cremains being uh, located in the wrong spot and then after that i just wow that sounds like a good story yeah just and then just now i just came from a, a little tour and an interview with the uh, chilliwack's first uh, medical marijuana dispensary okay what's that one called i saw it on facebook popping up it's called i thought at first i thought it was weed but it's actually we medical it's like all one word okay we medical i i should know i was just there yeah their signs that sounds right it's like yeah we medical something and it's it's actually a society and they have they actually have seven dispensaries well Chilliwack will be the seventh wow they have them in Port Alberni Seashelt Nanaimo I think North Van I think you said two in Toronto too Hmm. and they're just getting started here and I think they're gonna have a little bit of a some pushback (laughs) would be that's the uh they seem very optimistic and positive, and I, I, I was, you know, I was interviewing them, but I was also pointing out to them that uh, this is not going to be easy in Chilliwack, and they've already received a letter from Lidstone and Company, the uh, city's uh, lawyers, really explaining that uh, two things: they they can't operate uh, without a business license, yeah, and you know, here's A, B, and C reasons why you can't get a business license for what you're doing, yeah. I think the city, I don't know, I have to read it more closely, but they might be slightly mistaken in what they think they're doing there because they talked about the only zone for this is in the ALR because the city recently made rules that you can only grow medical marijuana in the ALR. Well, they're not growing anything. They're just a dispensary. Yeah. 
Um, but it, it's a unique problem. Yeah. Not a unique problem. It's and they're unique, right downtown, like on Young. On, yeah, just off Young on 5th. Yeah. Um, in an old building, which they did an amazing job to renovate. It looks beautiful, the building. And mm-hmm. Inside, it's clean and bright and wide open. And they're not even going to really display marijuana the way they do in some dispensaries mm-hmm. they're gonna have they have all their strains and they're gonna have one bud okay in this little beautiful glass bowl to show people right and then they sell all kinds of other i don't know much about medical marijuana but they sell all kinds of other things like salves and oils and yeah cbd which i forget what that stands for <laughs> yeah and uh well that'll be a, a big story for you guys then yeah well it's like anything though it's I, i'm never in terms of just how the business works I never know with the progress and the times we, we come out on different days. And so I'd be surprised if they overlooked this story. Yeah. And it's now Friday and they come out on Wednesday and yeah. I come out on Thursday and the grand opening is tomorrow for this store and I'm not going to go to it. So yeah, if Jennifer Feinberg goes to it, then she'll have me. So how does that work with you guys? The, the progress and the times you guys are both owned by the same company. We're both owned by black press. Yeah. Um, as of, I believe it was November 2013 can it be that long it's been a little while two years a little over two years it's gotta be i think it was november 1st 2013 yeah so what happened was they you know all through um the lower mainland from chilliwack to vancouver there's two papers there's been two papers traditionally in every community you know Mm -hmm. the chilliwack times the chilliwack progress the abbotsford times abbotsford news langley advance you know all the way surrey burnaby coquitlam and all of them were owned when I started. Uh, we were owned by Ken West, and uh, the Progress was owned by Black, and and it was sort of like that all the way up the valley. We had the same owners as the Vancouver Sun and Province, and we share content and everything. Yeah, and then and then slowly our company, you know, started to go bankrupt, what have you, and Post Media was formed to take over all those papers, and then a few years ago, Glacier, a newspaper company long time in the business bought the post media many of the post media community newspapers maybe all of them actually i think all of them okay so then every paper in in the lower mainland in the island was either owned by glacier or black and then two years ago starting it happened a few times in a row they they started trading papers if you want to put it that way they talked they called them purchases but yeah glacier would buy three in the cross the port man and yeah. Black would buy three this side of Port Man and to the point now where Black Press owns yeah, the Progress, the Times. They the Glacier closed the Abbotsford Times. So the only paper is the Abbotsford News. Which is owned by Abbotsford News is Black. Yeah. And then the Langley Advance and the Langley Times are both owned by Black. Wow. The Surrey Now and the Surrey Leader are both owned by Black. And every paper on the island is owned by Black, basically. <clears throat> so where does that put you guys in terms of like print media? Um well, what's your future look like? Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, if I knew the answer, I would tell <laughs> David Black <laughs> and uh, I would be his right hand man. And mm-hmm. um, no, newspapers have been in a tumultuous time for, you know, I would say a decade or I could say since the invention of the Internet. Uh, but daily newspapers were always hit harder. Yeah. The two most recent papers that I know of that closed were the Nanaimo Daily News and the Guelph Mercury, which is a daily in Ontario. Um, the big dailies tend to survive, but 
the, the times are getting tighter there. They have a very different business model because people mm -hmm. pay for them. Yeah. And they even pay for content online. Community newspapers are, are generally, for the most part, uh, complimentary, delivered to your door. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the news and, and people wanting it, uh, in terms of the ads and the stories, they're local, right? And so daily newspaper, if you want to find out what Justin Trudeau said yesterday, you can go to the Globe and Mail, you can go to the Vancouver Sun, you can go to Global TV, City TV, CBC, um, yeah, well, National, you, you National don't Post. Need a daily local newspaper to tell you. Yeah, and, but if you want to find out what happened at um, Chilliwack City Council, uh, you you know it's Jennifer Feinberg at the Progress and me. Yeah. Um, the, both the radio stations, even in Chilliwack, have stopped doing their news. Right. Uh, yeah. When I started ten years ago, um, Mike Hellinger at the Star FM wasn't really doing any news. He was sometimes reading our stories online, even on, on, over the air. Yeah. You know, and um, and then eighty nine point five came to town with a big you know, truckload of employees and. Yeah, and they and, was it Chilliwack News that they started? Was that their? Yeah, that was their website online. Yeah, and then they had and they had Tim Amy. I think I don't know if he was the first guy, but he was their news reporter. Yeah, and then Star FM, I guess, realized we should do that too. Yeah, and so suddenly, Mike Hellinger started coming to city council meetings and doing news himself. Yeah, and so the four of us were really well. I mean, the four outlets. I don't mean four people. The four outlets were doing news quite wow. a bit. Yeah, um, and then there's even a couple websites that came and went uh, they didn't have they don't really have a lot of following as far as I understand yeah so and, for now you guys are doing a weekly paper mm -hmm. and with the like the forecast of it being well it's it's we talk about this still once in a while in the office and they seem to be what happened is then when black sorry I didn't quite finish my I got ahead of myself there but they um, we did all the paper the trading papers and black suddenly took open both the papers or Black bought the, the Times. Yeah. And we were obviously, as employees, we were like, well, that's a problem because obviously you're going to close the paper because you own two papers in a town. Yeah. But there is a business model for two papers in Chilliwack. I mean, it's it's a big community and it's growing. We're pushing 100,000 in the readership area and, you know, to help. And the business that. model, why why was why would it work? With between the times and progress, what's well because first of all because there there are enough advertisers to make revenue on two newspapers. Yeah, um, that that they own both of them is in some ways irrelevant because we are treated. We have no less of a competitive environment now, both editorially and advertising. Yeah, as we did uh, when we were owned by competitors, and that's by design. I think I don't I don't work on the ownership or advertising side yeah. of it, but. I think the Competition Bureau and various organizations wouldn't look too kindly upon collusion between... It's bad enough we own... One company owns both papers. Yeah. Um, if they started colluding on things. So we don't we don't have any interaction with, with them. It, it truly is a competitive environment. And there's enough... And I, and I think, and again, I shouldn't speculate. I don't really know. They probably think... Nobody's starting newspapers these days. But if they close the Times... Somebody could start a newspaper because there's, yeah, there's a market for it. So they needed us to be leaner. They cut us from two days a week to one day a week. Yeah. They moved the days of the progress so that we weren't on the same day because we used to always come out on the same days. Mm -hmm. In terms of the community, I think the community, ironically, is much better served now news wise because 
first of all, I do things a lot differently than the progress does, mm -hmm. or I intentionally try to. Yeah. Um, whereas in the old days, we came out on the same day. We had two papers to pound out a week, big papers. Yeah. And similar stories. You just quite often people would open one paper, open the other paper, the times the progress, and you'd see the exact same story and. Same page. Sometimes even, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes even the same photograph because if Jenna was shooting it and I, you know, I was shooting it or Darren back in the old days, mm -hmm. it was kind of almost embarrassing actually. So. <laughs> Whereas now we consciously don't do the same things as them. Yeah. You want, you want to stick out a little bit. Yeah. So the, the future of the times in Chilliwack, it's, it seems like a, you're uncertain, but you're comfortable with it. Yeah, we always wonder if there's if there's something coming down the road, but I really, I don't know, maybe I'm more naive or just more optimistic than uh, some people, but it, there really seems to be a need for us. And um, a long while ago, I thought maybe, you know, again, maybe they would one day literally combine us, mm -hmm. make a three-day-a-week paper, maybe even still make us the different sort of news magazine style or more feature style. Right. You know, but it was all one operation, one mothership. Um, but I don't know. I, they, they don't want to do that. And they, I think the competitive environment works. And, and yeah. And I, I feel like it's going to keep going. We can't, you know, they said we weren't, maybe we weren't making money before when we had, because recently we've had a recent round of, of uh, what's the term they use? Restructuring? There you go. Sure. <laughs> Fired? Firing? You know. And uh, there's been a lot of that in the, the media. Like, with what you guys have gone through and then star fm they had with rogers like star fm and mike hellinger just lost his job yeah and they don't do the news anymore and and 89.5 they went from 12 employees to i think four or five wow and they, they got rid of their whole news side yeah um and yeah no we went when i started at the Chalk times when i walked in the door i was counting this there was uh four people in the editorial department editors three reporters four um people in four sales reps yeah publisher we had three or four uh, ad designers in our production department we mm -hmm. had an ad controller receptionist two people in uh distribution i think we had 16 employees i counted right now full-time employees at the times we have four wow so there's you there's me there is ken who's the, the editor ken Gidsward, the editor there's jeff one of the sales reps, Arlene, the other sales rep, and that's it. Yeah. And there's Greg, who works 40% of his time, in theory, for us, and the rest of his time for the Agassiz Harrison Observer. Yeah. And we have a publisher who is the publisher also of the Langley Times and the Maple Ridge Times. Wow. So we see her People one we see her one day a week, and she's she's great though, which is good. I'm not just saying that because someone might hear this. <laughs> we actually really like her. It's it is weird because you think what a depressing environment. It's actually, I don't know. I yeah, like it. You found a way to make it work. Found a way to make it work. And, and again, if we weren't making tons of money before or money before, you know, once you eliminate that many employee salaries, yeah, it's a lean business model and it's not maybe not great. But Thanks. I actually think the reader of the Chalk Times and therefore the advertiser, I actually think they're better served now hmm. because the papers are so different from each other. We have a chance to do more. I have a chance to do more interesting content in the paper, and it's still delivered to like twenty eight thousand. I feel like I'm doing a like a pitch to an investor <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's starting to sound black press. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, but that's good. It's still delivered. Again, I don't know anything about. I yeah. don't know anything about business, but I mean, 
It's we working. 28,000 homes once a week. This thing is on your doorstep. Yeah. And people read it. I know people read it. I I, I do. Uh, I find not always. Myself, not everyone. Not always, for sure. But a yeah, lot of people do. Because you'll post stuff online, and I'll mm-hmm. read through that, and then it'll I'll see it in the newspaper, and I'll skim over it really quick. And, right. Right? Like, so, yeah. No, it's... There's still something, I think, about having a hard copy in your hands. Like, it's one thing to be able to read a link off of Facebook and check it out, but something else, it, it's on your doorstep, you pick it up, you get to yeah. flip through it. People read differently online than they do in print. And for all the, the the sort of the naysayers and, you know, print is dead and print is dying, everything's always exaggerated. Print has been hit hard. Print is in trouble. But I really don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. There may be a time 50 years from now when it's totally gone and we have a whole new system of, of reading the news and gathering the news. But, well, I should say consuming the news. Gathering shouldn't change. But there's still, you know, I think I heard something on the news about uh, our aging population and something about, 50, what was it, 50%? or no. There'll be more people over 65 than under 14 in 30 years or something like that. And then it made me just made me think they're talking in thirty years. I thought, okay, those are the people who read the newspaper. Yeah. They want hard copies. Yeah. Anybody over I don't know what the age would be, forty, maybe even thirty, still feels more comfortable. Well, it's a generalization. A lot yeah. of people feel more comfortable actually reading a newspaper. So they may they may read it less. They yeah. may consume more news online as well, so have less time to consume newspaper. But you know, but people, they still want to have a newspaper to pick up. People, yeah. yeah. On on Thursday, on Friday morning, the phone rings at our office. The main reason the phone rings is, I didn't get my paper. <laughs> Where's my paper? <laughs> Someone get me a paper. And uh, so you know, I realize those are the older folks usually. Yeah, but, but still, uh, there's people are reading still it. there, and people yeah. read the obituaries and they look in the ads and. But with our business model, it's all advertising. So you have to convince. It doesn't matter what the reader's thinking. It doesn't matter how good a job I do or how many awards I win. It only matters that the advertisers think this is a good way of getting their message out, right? Yeah, for sure. And there's so many pool of, of communication is so yeah is so muddied now. And it is with social media, too. I realize I just talked to a guy at a, there's a new menswear store over in Stardust Park. Okay. It's actually really nice. I was amazed. Uh, cool stuff. They had expensive stuff. Yeah. Some of it. And uh, I talked to the guy and said, oh, I hadn't seen you here. I go to the VQA store and I always see it and then drive away. So I stopped, went in and talked to the guy. And I told him that. And he said, oh, yeah, we're just trying to get the word out. You know, you know we and he started talking about newspapers and radio stations. And he sort of shrugged his shoulders and said, you know, do a bit of that. But social media and word of mouth and and other ways of getting things out there. So in mm. the old days, it was like you want to tell someone something. You, you book an ad in the yeah. newspaper, but yeah. so many other ways now. There's, yeah, there's so many channels. So, so you talking about social media. You have a bit of a, <laughs> a, a polarizing effect <laughs> with your your account on Facebook. Like it, it's been interesting watching from the background. Like you've had to face <laughs> some some interesting, like basically on on Facebook. Yeah, where it's literally landed on the Chilliwack Times office like outside oh yeah you saw that oh yeah the graffiti yeah so what the, like 
Paul, just for the record, Paul Henderson is not a child molester. <laughs> yes. Despite the graffiti you saw on the side of the so building. So tell me, okay, spray paint. someone spray painted that on the side of Paul the building. Paul Henderson is a child molester. Where, what, where did that come from? Like, how did <clears throat> that all happen? Well, I cover the courts. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now the only person who covers the courts. Locally. You, you may remember, really? Ro- sorry, yeah, you may remember Robert Freeman at the Chillac Progress. He was a great great guy old sort of curmudgeonly reporter <laughs> he was like your cliched sort of reporter he was great um and he covered the courts covering the courts can be challenging it can be kind of a, a pain in a way too because the court system is really there's a lot of delays and you have to really navigate your way through it yeah um and and the progress covered it with robert when he left they stopped covering it and when i arrived mike schwinnard was covering it uh, I was doing City Hall and the arts section stuff. And so when Tyler came and Mike left, Tyler took over the court system. And then when he left, Cornelia started doing it because I was still had so much on my plate. Yeah. The main news. And then Cornelia left and it was like, or someone's got to do it. Was made to leave. <laughs> well, you know, and, I, and, and does someone need to do it? Maybe not. But I said, yeah, no, someone needs to do this. I said, somebody, and it wasn't like this moral high road, like someone. You know, part of me wanted to do it because it's really, really interesting. Actually, mm-hmm. but there really is a need to. You know, the cops will send us press releases that say so and so was arrested, but they don't tell us everything. Yeah, they'll tell us things if they're really big, or if they want to brag about something. Right. So, like every once in a while, you get a press release, and you won't even see it. Not only in print, but you won't even see it online because I just completely ignore it because it is so. Basically, they just did a really good job on a really minor crime. Yeah. Caught a guy super fast, and it was like he stole from a car or something. And you're like, I don't, you know, it's not yeah. that newsworthy, you know, unless there's a broader context or a news feature about thefts from cars. And here's an example. Yeah. Anyway, so they'll tell us stuff, and then it disappears. If you don't hear about what happens in the court system, it disappears. Yeah. So people don't hear about how things go in court. They don't hear about how long trials take and how how long the proceedings take. I should say. And then they don't hear what the sentences are. Yeah. Well, they do, because I do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if I didn't do it, no one would hear. Yeah. And so I feel like a, 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 a real desire to do that. Now, having said that, covering the courts is mostly challenging because people, it's a very, very um, delicate subject. What's going on in there? Mm-hmm. If something gets to the level of a trial or, or criminal charges even, um, then you know something happened. I'm not saying the person who did, who's accused did it, but... Um, it's you know something really bad happened, and if there's witnesses lined up enough to, for testimony, then then there's people who are very aggrieved or hurt or what have you, mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to testify whether or not it's you know I've covered you know from from prolific offenders who constantly steal stuff and yeah you know it's just good to know people people should know about these people yeah to like some of the most violent despicable rapes of children you've ever. You yeah. can't even imagine the stuff I've seen that you haven't seen yeah. in court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not seen. Crown prosecutors. Yeah, the see. stuff they have to deal the, with. They have to deal with. Yeah. Never mind crown prosecutors, the cops. Child pornography cases. Yeah. The cops who investigate child pornography cases are, I mean, they might as well be taking PTSD drugs before they even start the job because they see stuff that you can't even imagine. And yeah. Anyway, agree. but I really feel the need that, that people need to know what sentences are. Yeah, no, for, for sure. For crimes. And and even if you disagree with people say, the sort of cranky, lock them up and throw away the key, even if you totally philosophically disagree with that, which I do, um, it's still good to point out 
this guy only got this much time and look what he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because in Canada, it's sentences do seem light, but what, what people don't understand is, is, is precedence and just the concepts of law around sentencing. And, you know, people blame judges directly. And you're like, if some judge suddenly sentenced a guy to something for to 10 years in jail for something that every other precedent was five years similar mm-hmm. it would be overturned in appeals court yeah. immediately yeah i mean you might not like our justice system and some mandatory minimums for a lot of criticism people out of the conservatives on the left criticisms from the left of the conservatives they introduced a couple mandatory minimums um one is uh for gun crimes a crime what is a gun used at all there's a one-year mandatory minimum, and it's consecutive. Because most sentences, are, it's bizarre in the courts. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll commit a crime, and you'll do all these terrible things, and you'll get a year for this, a year for this, a year for this, a year and a half for this, six months for this, concurrent. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you just have to find the, the means at the same time. Yeah. So you just have to find the highest number, and that's the sentence. Yeah. Right. So they might have four or five things, but just serve it all in one year. Yeah, which is which you could argue... Like if I walk, if I storm through that door, punch you in the face, um, I don't know, kick your dog, yeah. steal, steal your wallet, yeah. and uh, smash your window or something, yeah. I might have just committed four actually separate crimes. It, punching you in the face was the worst one. Yeah, so that's what you'll serve time But if for. I just did that, <laughs> I'd get the same amount of time in jail as if I did all those things. Well, you might as well make it worse. So it's like it, a right? free for once you're in there. It's true. It's really weird. Some of the most violent crimes, you're like, this guy just got a... Just cut a couple free crimes in. Yeah. And so, so let's, they, let's pause there with the court stuff. And, sure. Um, we were talking about this before we got started today. The property crime in Chilliwack. Mm. So, like, what's, what's going on? Like, I, uh, I've got to sit down with Jason Lum and ask him a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying it's one of their highest call volumes right now with the RCMP because he chairs the... Public Safety Advisory Committee. Yeah, and so he hears what's going on. Yeah. And, it, it's, it's gone busy. from it's gone from from social media lunatic fringe to anecdote worth following up on to yeah there's a problem now because I, I always try and be I'm not like saying I'm just strictly evidence based on everything obviously people complain they complain I mean I might report on that but yeah but it was social media is a weird place right everyone knows it's a weird filter and it's a weird uh, megaphone and it's a weird way of and so there was a long, for a long time, people have been complaining about crime in the city. It's so terrible. Yeah. People have this really terrible, um, not terrible, but this amazing ability to go from the particular to the universal, you know, sort of inductive logic, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. A, social media has that ability to. Yeah. And in the old days, even in, I really feel the broad media, I think we are guilty of this too. Um, I feel like in the, like 10, 20 years ago, if there was a, you know, say there was a, a murder here in one, this one area of town and a murder over there and then a murder over there. Suddenly it's like, what's going on? There's a, there's a, we've got a trend here. Mm-hmm. Now it takes one event for a trend. It, yeah. People just, it's not as once. And they're like, yeah. what's going wrong with this town? And social media it makes that so much worse. Yeah. And you can't, and the other problem with social media is the way people communicate is so hyperbolic, right? And so, and you can't tell somebody who has just been the victim of property crime that crime's going down. Yeah. And I, I used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started by telling people, well, here are the crime stats, you know, people. 
and then people would yell at me and say that's that bs that. and we don't we don't even report crime anymore we're robbed so many times and i would just say i don't really believe that but but the thing is it's actually true i'm realizing is that yeah. people don't report a lot of petty property crimes the police cannot possibly keep up with yeah. the amount of crime that's going on and the property crime in recent days through the RCMP and mostly through the PSAC and the Public Safety Advisory Committee and Jason, I'm, we're realizing that, uh, yeah, it's getting it's getting really, really bad. And we're going to start getting some more statistics coming out in the next month. Mm-hmm. Um, the city's been loath to sort of release numbers. Yeah. I saw minutes from the P- last PSAC meeting and in the minutes, which are usually a very cursory evaluation of what happened, it said something about how oh, there was talk of more statistics and uh, maps of hotspots, but there was also concern about providing information to people, whether or not we should, uh, something about social media. And I was just like, so you don't want to tell people stuff just because people are stupid? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to tell us this. You need to tell me these things so I can tell people. Yeah. Let the stupid people be stupid, but we need no information. This, this concept of less information might be better because people get crazy on social media. They're going to get crazy about not knowing too. So anyway, we're going to get more information, more data coming really soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason assures me. Yeah. He even told me I can quote him on that. I haven't yet, but (laughs) uh, because I, I commented on those minutes, those minutes. And I said, did someone really say this at that meeting? Like, give me a break because you have, you have like, I get emails from all the RCMP detachments, Mm -hmm. Surrey, Coquitlam, and they, the amount of information they release is staggering. Like they'll tell you everything that's happening everywhere. Right. And they'll do these. There's this Comstat thing where it's literally like a map of all the where all the crimes are happening, and it's really interesting information. I mean, maybe it's fear mongering to tell people that, but I just it's information's information. Yeah. So with property crime going kind of the way it is in Chilliwack, what's what do you what do you see as our outlook? What do, what's the plan moving forward to improve things? And like you've talked about the RCMP, like how inundated they are, and um, you know people not reporting crimes because probably because they have and nothing's come of it. Exactly, you report it once and then you realize. Well, even if you're positive and you realize, well, this is on the on the scale of what the cops are dealing with, this is not going to fit into the. But there are very flagrant flagrant. Wow. It's the white stout kicking in. (laughs) (laughs) That's a flagrant crime. (laughs) Um, uh, I even saw former mayor Clint Hames on on Facebook talking about being baffled about uh, just, it wasn't even in Chilliwack. I think it was a relative of his in somewhere out of Vernon or something. I might get the story wrong, but basically he was explaining the amount of detail and information and evidence they had was staggering about what had happened and yet the police were not doing anything about it. Because the police have so many files. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen, and what's slowly starting to happen, and you brought it up before we went on air, is that cha- uh, change in Chilliwack group. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep waiting for a vigilante to do something. Yeah. I keep waiting for a criminal to get the yeah. crap beaten out of him by, uh, by somebody by who catches Bat- him. Batman, quote unquote. Batman. Oh, do you remember the Batman uh, in Chilliwack? Well, there was those guys that were they like getting the pedof- yeah. pedophiles. Yeah. yeah. But I see that happening. I with, can't believe it hasn't happened. Yeah. With some meth head or whatever. Yeah. Breaks into a house and next thing you know, he steps outside and there's this guy in Kevlar. 
that just beats the crap out of them. I know. I, I'm honestly surprised something like that hasn't happened where... I hear people of, threatening to do that. I know. <laughs> like people are too lazy to be vigilantes. No. <laughs> but like, they, you get three or four people who are really aggrieved. I'm honestly surprised they haven't gotten together and said... Because, yeah, you see people really... And some of those people are... They look like they might be serious. Cause yeah. Because I kind of know a couple of people who have threatened. Yeah. And I'm surprised they're not just like forming their own posse. Yeah. And because in Chilliwack, it wouldn't be hard to find someone doing something probably wrong. Yeah. And the problem, of course, with vigilante groups is just because a guy's on a BMX bike with a backpack and a bandana on his face doesn't mean... Yeah. And a neck tattoo, I should say. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's a criminal. He probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if it's after 10 o'clock at night, chances, chances get pretty high that he is. Yeah. Yeah. But then someone's going to, he may have not actually done anything that day. Yeah. You know, and so vigilante justice is just not really a good idea. But it's great for a news gatherer if it happens. Well, I got a story. But, but in terms of that, between vigilante justice and our slow system is, you know, block watch and, yeah. and grow watch and all these groups and more formal groups are starting to do that. I live in. I'm not going to say where I live, actually, but in the community. You I live, live in Chilliwack. I live in Chilliwack. <laughs> the area of Chilliwack I live in, you know, a lot of Chilliwack pages, the Facebook pages will start about communities, and there's a new page about yeah. my community, and, and people are posting. This just happened the other day. Like, someone was spraying mustard and ketchup on cars in our neighborhood the other day, and I was like... But people are going to start forming these groups. They're going to form tighter. Social media will help this. Yeah. They'll form tighter neighborhoods. You know, there'll be there'll be a Greendale group and a Rosedale group and a and a Cultus Lake group and a and a Sardis group and and people will start watching and and maybe even doing little block watch patrols type things and yeah. if 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 people don't want their taxes raised to pay for more RCMP officers, yeah, and, and maybe that's not the solution anyway. Yeah, because one RCMP member costs I think 160 grand a year. That's not his salary, but no, That's but just the training to, and yeah, tools and everything. Yeah, yeah, the vehicle and all those things like that. And, yeah. Um, so, if if people don't want their taxes raised, then people will start doing that, and we may hit a vigilante stage. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and it was the period too where people said, "Oh, there's always a few prolific offenders that do most of the property crime," and you see it come in waves when they're in and out of prison. I don't know. If that's totally true. I mean, it might be partly true, but yeah. I happen to know a couple of the really worst prolific offenders in Chilliwack, and they happen to be in jail right now. Okay. <laughs> so it should be quieter right now. I mean, again, I'm talking like three or four guys. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. So with you and the courts, where we started with that was Paul Henderson is a child molester. Spray right. bandit. <laughs> so, like, yeah. your Facebook profile online, um, your reporter profile, like, you you are you're you're polarizing on there like people either love you and don't say anything at all i hope so and then they or they <laughs> they'll hate you yeah and they they rip into you pretty good like I, I tend to think people people have something good to say well the, the reason social media can be so seem like such a negative place is like the letters to editors page mm -hmm. um people don't write in to say well that was a fabulous event i went to the other. sometimes they do yeah. That's probably 10% of our letters. Things are going just fabulous downtown Chilliwack. I love that the city did this. Yeah. No one writes that letter. Yeah. So I when I get positive feedback on Facebook about what I do, I'm happy about that. That's great. 
And in my mind, I say, oh, that's one in a hundred because they're just silently being okay with what I do or liking what I do. Yeah. When I get people who are really, really angry, I just take it for what it is. And, you know, it's okay. I, I Sometimes I admit I, I intentionally stir the pot, but not just to be an asshole, but to um, just for a discussion. Yeah. Like I don't go out of my way to stir discussion, but sometimes I'll... I always remember John Martin, Chilliwack MLA John Martin. Who's who, going to be on a podcast with me too. Nice. Yeah. You're going to get barbecue together or something like that? <laughs> Maybe. He, um, he's a very polarizing guy. Mm-hmm. Now that he's an MLA, he's, he just he keeps his mouth shut unless he's talking about the NDP. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a thing about the he NDP. He would blame the weather on the NDP. He <laughs> he, yeah. But he... he <laughs> He would, before that, you know, he's a criminology professor at UFV, and he was a columnist for the Chilliwack Times. Not just mm-hmm. the Chilliwack Times. His column was syndicated in the province, even. Yeah. And uh, and he would go on CKNW and stuff, too. Like, he was... I didn't even know that. Yeah, he'd do all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Well, and often the, often the, the criminology profs, whoever they are, because Daryl Plekis, who's also an MLA, was always a... Now my criminology go-to guy is... Uh, what's his name? Irving. Anyway. But uh, John John wrote a column, and he would be really sort of polarizing and really like aggressive with stuff. And I remember asking about that one time and he, and he said, sometimes he does it. It's almost like a, not that he was lying or being untrue or untruthful or, 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 but maybe slightly exaggerating an opinion just to, just to invoke a discussion and just to be that guy is just stirring the pot. So sometimes on Facebook, it's almost like I take a, I think of, and it's my job to see both sides of stories or multiple mm-hmm. sides. Yeah. So I often have that. I often, someone will say something and I think, well, yeah, well, someone might say, what about this? Yeah. And then, it, and I don't word it that way. I just say it. Yeah. And then someone thinks I'm saying that. It's not necessarily me. So what happened with the, the graffiti? Like, how did that all go down? Like, we don't have to get into names or... I'll get into names. I yeah, don't, I okay. don't care. All right, okay. <laughs> I put, there's printed in the paper, so... Yeah, no, I... Well, but I can't blame anyone for it because I don't know who did it. Although, yeah. I think I know who did it, but I can't. I won't get into that because that's... <laughs> <laughs> I can't prove it. Yeah. Um, but um, it starts sort of last year. Um, I had done a story. There's a, there's a guy in town, people will know the last name, Vidal. Uh, Curtis Vidal. He's got a brother, James, who's no lightweight either but Curtis is in the last 20 years he spent about 10 or 12 years behind bars for one reason or another Um, the way I've heard it worded is he's doing a life sentence in the what was it I can't remember how it was worded but like a lawyer or something he he, um, he's a pretty scary guy and he's there's no concrete gangs as far as I know in Chilliwack there are but there's not like this is the UN gang. These are red right. scorpions. People are connected to. There's been people, you know, the founder of the UN gang, Clay Roosh, is from Chilliwack, right? Yeah. He's currently serving 30 years in Texas or something. But, wow. Um, he's a Buddhist now, though, I think. Okay. Yeah. So prison's been uh, kind? I think so. He's got a. He has like a. There's like a blog. He's like. He has access to. Like, it's weird. Hmm. He can publish things on, on the. There's probably pretty strict parameters. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway. But um, so Curtis Vidal is—I don't know—he's connected to some pretty, pretty, it's pretty bad. These are drug dealers. There's a lot of drug dealers in Chilliwack, and there's some groups. The way I've heard it worded by Crown Counsel, they're always very vague about this stuff in court. Is there's one group in Chilliwack, and there's, you know, the one main group in Chilliwack, and then there's 
some other groups to try and get in sometimes. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're called or who they are. Yeah. Curtis Vidal's involved clearly with one of those groups, and he's been charged with multiple things like that. And uh, I did a story on the trial of this home invasion where he um, beat up this guy and scared some other people, enough where one of them jumped out of an apartment to the bushes. And uh, he, So you, re- you reported the story? Uh, I reported the court case from while it was going while the trial was going on yeah. all the way up to the sentence but in August of last year it was the trial was just going on and uh, I got a phone call and it was a really weird message it said this call has been terminated because of a potential three way click and then it cut off I was like oh that's weird and then I had a message the next day from somebody who said it was a voice that said Hey Paul, he said you slander people with your articles. It was like the accent, just like that. You're gonna fucking. What did he say? You're gonna. Sorry, that's where you're gonna. <laughs> I'll bleep it out in post. Yeah, you're gonna. Uh, uh, I'm gonna ruin your life. You fucking goof or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, you slander. You slandered those boys in court. Yeah. That's what he said. Okay. And I was like, well, I, my first response was. First of all, I can't slander in print. It's called libel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slander is oral. But libel is. I didn't want to correct his grammar. <laughs> and, uh, and then I thought, well, which boys? Because there's a lot going on in the Gillette court system. But I realized who he meant because it was just a story I'd just done on the, on the... Anyway, and then I also realized that I found out from somebody who was actually a, a girlfriend of one of these fellas, one of the rougher fellas in town, yeah. who I know from through Facebook. She, I message with her sometimes, weirdly. She said, if someone tries to call from prison... And make a three-way call. I don't even know how you make three-way calls, but apparently if you call somebody, then they can do something and then make another call. Okay. If you try and do that, yeah, you get... And before I told her this had happened, she said you get a message that says, this phone call has been cut off due to a potential three-way call. So I realized that Curtis Vidal tried to call me from prison, I think. Yeah. I think. That's your guess. Yeah. I think. If it wasn't him, it was the other guy, or if it wasn't him, it was one of his buddies or his... Yeah, yeah. Because people talk about prison as a dangerous place and a scary place. Mm-hmm. Crown attorney Henry Waldock was saying in court the one time, when you're in prison, the person you're scared of is Curtis Vidal. Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy in prison you're scared of. Yeah. He's, he runs the show. Yeah. He gets drugs brought into prison. Okay. Wow. Anyway, so there's, the only reason I tell you that is because then a few days later, a really poorly put together meme was created on Facebook that said Paul Henderson is a child molester. Yeah. And I had my picture. It was sort of warped. The pixels were extended. <laughs> and so I was kind of connected to that. So I thought that didn't last long. And it was, I have a tendency to put things out more rather than hide them because I think that people will just laugh at them. Right. So realize, like, luckily you know who I am. Yeah. So you know it's not true. Yeah. If you didn't know who I was, that would be actually a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I didn't think too much of that. I didn't deal with it. And then um, I did make a police report about the phone call. And then, um, this and then recently, uh, Clayton Ayler, who is a well-known, his his criminal record is remarkably clean. Okay. For a guy who, I think I'm told is one of the top guys in the scene in Chilliwack. Okay. Um, he's I th- he's either trying to go straight or he's or he's just doing good things on the side because he runs a car dealership, a used car dealership. Okay. Uh, it's called 
You don't have to remember. <laughs> it's all good. Anyway. Anyways. Anyway, he anyway, he recently there was recently an arrest, a big arrest of it started with three guys and when then there was five more guys arrested and it was a huge drug smuggling ring up to basically Fort St. John. Wow. Um area. Yeah. Well, the Fort St. John RCMP were involved so the north. Mm-hmm. I think basically it was they were dealing drugs from Chilliwack. Every single guy arrested was from Chilliwack. Yeah. Uh Dealing drugs up to the the oil sands, I think right. that area, yeah, which is obviously a pro- has been a problem for us. Anyway, he was one of the ones that, one of the ones named, and his grandmother actually came into the office to tear tear a strip off <laughs> me, saying he's a good boy if you got to know him. Yeah, which is he may be able to be true, but anyway, it was after that story, the Thursday that story. That was not. I didn't do any hardcore reporting. I. I just, yeah, you're just a, at the court and you report what happened. And... I wasn't even at the court. It was a, it was a, it was a, it wasn't even a local RCMP. It was the gang task force. Yeah. The Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit out of E Division in, in Vancouver, Surrey. It was a press release from them. Yeah. I had pictures of drugs and I just wrote the press release. I added a few things that I knew about him. Right. At the end, you know, he, the he, connection he to Chilliwack. And... Yeah. And, and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then it was Saturday. Few people started texting me. Uh, photos of Paul Anderson's a child molester spray painted on the side of the building. Wow. And we have video from our office. Yeah. And you can see two people doing it. Yeah. They're very methodical and careful and one well, of them's one was, of them's a woman, clearly. I can't tell it. It was art. <laughs> well luckily the person who wrote is a child molester was really neat nice penmanship there. Yeah. The person who luckily the person who wrote Paul Anderson was it wasn't one quite as neat. Messed out or something because they they they. Uh, if you didn't know it was my name, you might not even know what it said because it was so bad. But it was actually a little bit scary. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not really afraid. Like the way I look at it is, I think of Kim Bolin, who's a Vancouver Sun reporter. Yeah, and not only does she report on things, she blogs about them, and she responds with commenters on her blog. Yeah. And she's pretty glib and off the cuff and like, yeah. And if she was ever threatened or hurt, we would have heard about it. Yeah, for sure. I've never heard of a reporter getting attacked for reporting. It's a whole shoot the messenger thing. Well, I understand you, you still might want to shoot me because I didn't have to tell the message. But yeah, <laughs> I really don't think well, some of these guys. I think I could like it. Yeah, a little extra. In their life and crime and notoriety gives them cred in there. Yeah, I just see my name and I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. I always thought that, but then when I saw the spray paint, I'm like, maybe they don't like it. <laughs> Shoot! Wow, that's crazy. You have to deal with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not too worried about it. it, and it doesn't happen all the time. But I do get. Yeah. There was one girl who was posting stuff saying, "There was actually a woman just the other day. She was arrested in another recent drug bust with three guys, um, <clears throat> and she's been in Crime Stoppers a few times, and she got." And, and again, it was a press release rewrite, you know, whatever. Yeah. She called the paper. She didn't get me. She talked to Jeff Zell's rep, and then he passed it to Ken, who just got a voice message saying, "You know, that's you shouldn't be reporting that. That's not true. That I've been, in, I've been, I'm wanted. I'm in Crime Stoppers. That's it's just, it's not true. It's you shouldn't be doing that. There's much people doing much worse things." And she got caught. She's facing weapons charges. She was dealing heroin and fentanyl. Yeah, she's using heroin, fentanyl, weapons charges. <laughs> And and she's complaining about her name, name being her face being in the paper, and I was I couldn't even find a recent crime story she was in. Yeah. And then I, ironically, 
last week, and I saw this from the court docket. She's in Crime Stoppers, and she's wanted again. She's she didn't show up for her latest court appearance. Yeah, I thought you were complaining about that before it even happened. <laughs> but it's sad. It, if, it's easy to joke about it and look at it, but it actually is sad because some of these people, you look at older photos of them and you realize, yeah, what they've gone through. Yeah, and they realize that they're. I wrote a column about that about that one girl, Amber, who was. Like, we wrote a story about her going missing when she was 16. Yeah. And we had this picture of her. And it was a very pretty-looking 16-year-old girl and looked normal enough, and she's missing. And quite often, these teenagers missing, they're out partying, right? Yeah. I think that probably was the case with that time. And then more recently, at 21, I got a Crime Stoppers picture of her. Yeah. And she's got, she's got like, scabs on her face and yeah. looks all messed out or whatever, and she's wanted for not showing up for court. And the irony of just seeing this. The two side by side. Yeah. yeah. And then you hear her, her childhood, and I heard about her childhood in court. Yeah. And I, Well, that's got to be even tough for you as just a bystander, really, in the, the court. You still hear all the details. Like, yeah, I'm pretty good at separating, like, it may sound cold, but I'm, I'm kind of like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. People will want to hear about that. And I just block out the fact that that is horrific that your father did that to you or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. If your mother kicked you out of the house when you were 14 years old and lived on the streets, or, you know. And just like these are details that are useful for story. I've never reported that on that girl. But but it's, and I suppose it's like that with with, with police and a lot of people who deal with. Yeah. Not that no, I see. Figure out a way to yeah. separate it because you have to go home. Yeah. And again, I don't see, I'm, I'm getting a real superficial look at it. Like, one of my good friends is a Crown Counsel, and she's dealt, she dealt with this guy who was the worst, one of the worst pedof- first pedophiles yeah. ever. Yeah, and she's got to deal with major details. Yeah, and she says the stuff she's had to see. And yeah. even what she's seen is only one-tenth of what the cop sees, because the cop has to look at everything. Yeah. The guy had like 10,000 videos or something like that. Yeah. And he has to watch it all, because it's all evidence. Yeah, it's brutal. I think you could just watch half of it and go. <laughs> yeah. Get the idea. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's switch to something a little sure. more positive. Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, for being in journalism, newspaper in town, the positive side of it? Like, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like I said, I, I never, I truly, truly never know what I'm going to do the next day. Right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, today, if you have a job and you work, if you're doing roofing or if you're you're a, you're a lawyer in an office, you probably know what you're going to do. Yeah. Today I'm taking photographs of a guy dressed as a Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to the manager of a cemetery who will not let me leave because she just will not. She has a lot she's of been alone to too long. <laughs> in she, a cemetery. Yeah. She's been, <laughs> she's been alone too long. Well, and, and she just wouldn't, she didn't like the story I'm doing because it's critical of the cemetery. So it's would she story. tell you it's a little dead quiet over there? Dead or? quiet. People are dying to get into her. We're like, um, and then and then I'm talking to these people new to town with a medical weed dispensary and you know it's certainly different right I'm, yeah I'm, I I would tell you what I was doing next week but I honestly don't have any idea I sort of have a vague picture yeah uh, so it's it's always cool because of that and the court stuff I can I, I can come and go as I please you know yeah I see the lawyers and the sheriffs and the and the judges and the accused and they're sitting there waiting for something to happen and they're <laughs> coming and going and nothing's happening this doesn't happen I just come and go there please and I wait for the good stuff and yeah. leave and me and the court watchers there's a couple of court watchers in down here classic there. Yeah. we talk about everything they give me stuff I just try to give them notepads I swear I, I'm threatened to 
to give these guys. You, so you see regular audience. That, there's two guys. Yeah. That I know. Of. They might, like to show. Uh, there's two or three. Yeah. One of them is uh, I forget his first name. He's you know the Gore brothers, the developers. Yeah. Mark Gore and they live. They, they, they did a lot of Garrison. Their dad. He's there every day. Yeah, he just likes to awesome. hang out in the court. Yeah, he, he'll he'll tell me what's going on if he misses stuff. I sometimes have to explain stuff to him, but he he he's, he's awesome. He totally watches everything. And there's a guy who lives in my neighborhood. That's like live Matlock. Well, yeah, I started <laughs> thinking like I would do that if I was if anyone's bored. I've said this, I think I wrote a column about that once. I said if you're bored, if you have any time in your hands, you know, you go sit at a cafe and talk to your friends. Go over the courthouse. It's public. Yeah, it's a wide open gallery. There's lots of seats. Talk about no drama there. too. Talk about drama. There's a lot of time wasted, but as long as you sort of know when things are happening or you go on the right days, you can't you can't bring your coffee in there, but uh, or chew gum. <laughs> but you got something to talk about over your coffee yeah, later on. Exactly. Yeah, there's a couple of guys. It's it's fascinating. Wow. And so yeah. Anyway, you know, and I cover stuff that's that's interesting, and I'm I'm a super curious guy. Like I'm the guy who. You know those annoying people on the road that to pull traffic because they rubberneckers because they're looking at accidents? Yeah. That's me. That's you. <laughs> Sorry. You get paid to do it. I apologize <laughs> for all the traffic accidents I and my kid have caused. Yeah. But. The last couple of years here, what would you say has been one of your more favorite stories that uh, you've been a part of? That you can, can throw you on the spot. Yeah, I know. That's what, I, again, I think I was joking before we went on the air about how I have this ability to. Uh, just you write the story you file the story the story comes out Thursday morning lately I don't even look at the paper I'm getting yeah. content up online and then I'm thinking about what I'm doing for next week I always forget Yeah. You know, Ken's looking at the paper going through detail looking at the ads because we don't see the ads before the paper comes I haven't even looked at this paper yet yeah this and is I've, this is this week's and I've actually already forgotten it yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so it's hard to like think of a story but I mean there was I guess there's one I got I shouldn't say this, but I got I'm I'm finalist for a, an award, and the only reason I'm thinking of this story is because it's coming up. It's the awards are coming up, and and uh, it's a feature award for the mummers. But it was the story of uh, the hoarders on uh, Mayfair Place. The, yeah, the, the woman. I don't know if you saw that at all, but with uh, Greg took the photo. Greg took the photo. Yeah, uh, and it started with because the Gore brothers actually. I was just talking about them. Mm-hmm. They um, uh, helped this woman. Yeah, and they got her a new place. Yeah, they basically bought her house and from her and and cleaned it up and cleaned it up, and then they got it settled in a new place. And it's this ninety-three year old woman and the her fifty-four, I think, year old son, who he's the one with the well. It's not just him. Yeah, she says he's the one with the problem, but she's yeah. sitting there surrounded, literally surrounded by mountains of garbage to the ceiling. Yeah, of garbage. My wife loves to watch like the hoarders buried alive, and there's another one I can't remember what it's called. I, I can't do it; like it makes me sick. Like, and, I, and you got to go right into it. Like I could not. Uh, it's almost a joke. I was almost joking, like you, like because I got I'm a finalist for this award, and I'm almost embarrassed because um, this was a story about you know her being saved from this. Mm-hmm. So it was about the hoard that, and then it was the next stage. We went to the I did the feature this whole feature story on that. Well, two years ago, Tyler Olson was a finalist for a Jack Webster Award, which is like the big awards in BC. Yeah. For writing about the exact same hoarder. Really? <laughs> <laughs> hoarding. People, did, he, did he win? Hoarding. No, he didn't win. No, he did win a Jack Webster. Yeah. So he's a bit of a jerk that way. He is. He, um, 
Yeah, he he won a Jack Webster, which is in in journalism circles kind of, kind of the biggest thing. Like I've won a national community newspaper award, um, but there's something about a Jack Webster that's because the Jack Webster the categories are just like in community journalism. There's one category. Wow, it's just best story. Yeah. So he's kind of the cat's meow. So he won. He won for the the best award. For you know, if he listens to this right now, oh where you and I are not going to hear the end of I it. I only like to insult him, so just take this as sarcasm. <laughs> he's a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he. Uh, no, he, but but hoarding. Yeah, that apparently you just write about hoarding and. Uh, <laughs> That's the ticket to winning. Ticket to winning awards. And if you want feedback, you need to write about. Uh, I was joking. You need to write about abortion, guns, and or puppies, and you're gonna get. So if I'm, I obviously I can just just write puppy gun abortion as the headline. We'll get yeah. lots of traffic on yeah. Facebook. People will be coming to your People website. Go crazy for dog cat stories. It's true. Look at YouTube, man. It's all about uh, cat videos. I know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Have you watched? Uh, oh, what's his name now? It's a dog that tries to catch food on YouTube. Just to catch food? Yeah. The owner oh. throws food to the dog oh, no, and he tries it. to catch it. I can't remember. Really. It's hilarious. Like, people I come I saw... over and I show it to them all the time. <laughs> I didn't watch the video, but I saw the still for the dog that plays fetch with himself. Like, somebody's invented this thing where... Yeah, with the robot the arm. robot punches it. He goes and gets it through the back and launches it. It's pretty smart. Smart dog, smart owner. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Anything else? I I feel like we had like such a huge chunk of material there with like just your job. Like you deal with yeah. a lot of stuff, and then it sounds like you you're able to just I know, and I turn like, it off. Well, it's funny too because I yeah yeah yeah. Well, you would ask me what big story was last year. I said the hoarders, but I I literally can think of no other stories I wrote last year. Yeah, it's just a complete blur and stuff. One well, thing I did last year that I, that I that I this is what I actually won a first place award for was the year before when I started was that. That sort of section called the Eaton Path. Yes. <clears throat> sort of about food and farming and stuff. And, yeah. And sadly, since our most recent cuts to the office staff and Greg's, you know, disappearance mm-hmm. to Agassiz, I don't feel like I have the time. I have to fill the entire front of the paper. Yeah. I, it's tough to do a big, cool, full page spread yeah. to the back, which is really disappointing because I have a feeling that was might have been really popular. Just anecdotally, I've heard that people loved it. And again, I won like best excellence in rural reporting, which is kind of weird because it's not really rural. I guess it is. So what did you cover in the Eden Path? There's a number of things. I, that... I tried to keep it super broad, and I even made the description of it super broad, which so that I could write about anything from, you know, controversy over ALR exclusions mm-hmm. to you know, recipe for clam chowder. So, yeah. food. Yeah. Food and farming is what yeah. I called it and so I kept it intentionally really broad which meant, meant I could always I had an idea every week and even if I ran out of ideas I could there's always um, press releases or events happening or something like that or we've got a columnist Chef Des who syndicated and some once in a while I'd sneak that in there <laughs> um, but it was it was great and it was really fun I just really don't have it gave me a lot of opportunity to do stuff like like did you see the one on bacon it's one, it's one of my remember. favorite ones. You wouldn't remember anything, everything I do. Of course. Why, why would you? Who would? But uh, you even, don't even, even I don't. <laughs> but it was the it was a kid. I think it was an exercise in some class in East Chilliwack uh, Elementary School where they had to write. Oh, I do remember to this. Convince now. people yeah. of something, or they had to ask a question or, or or something like that. Yeah. And most of them to us were pretty general, you know, grade four kids or whatever. Yeah. But some kids said, you know, 
bacon. Like, why don't you, if you wrote more stories about bacon, I would read the paper. Yeah. He's like, is bacon good for you? And he asked all these questions. And I, I just thought it was hilarious. And I go, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this story. I'm going out. <laughs> yeah, so let's I went, go for it. I went to, I went and met with Bonnie Windsor from Johnson, the manager of Johnson's Meats. Yeah. Did a little research online and everything. And, uh, and then I went, we went and spoke to the class. Yeah. About, this we had we got and we had johnson's t-shirts for every kid in the class and mm-hmm. like that and then uh and we even had an outline of what we had a pig where, where the parts of the where bacon come where does bacon come from was his first question okay so i explained where it comes from and, and yeah and and why it's so good because there's a scientific reason why it's so good so do you love getting like like input and feedback like that just from people in town like oh yeah for sure i mean positive and negative i don't care if it's negative too because it's it's helpful especially if i make a mistake yeah i do i write a lot of but that's obviously a positive thing like yeah the kid says hey look it i i would read your paper more if you wrote about bacon which is funny and and then he like obviously was over the moon because he like oh he gets featured (laughs) he gets featured in it he gets yeah he gets uh he gets t-shirts for his whole class and like that and do they get bacon samples? When I didn't you... get any bacon. I, know I should have brought some bacon. I don't think about that. But yeah, the, the Eden Path was pretty cool, pretty fun. I just haven't, unfortunately, haven't really had time to yeah to to dive into that. It's getting into like growing season again. I really wish I I could. But... And you're a bit of a foodie yourself, aren't you? I like food. I like to try. I like to cook. I'm learning to cook, and I've been really interested in cooking for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm not quite as into the. I, I'm into it eating it. But I haven't gotten into the smoking and barbecue as much as you and Darren and the John Martins of the world. John yeah. Martin is like a professional, almost professional I would call barbecue him, chef. Yeah, I would call him my barbecue mentor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unofficial. Well, did, you, did you see those pictures from Victoria, from the legislature? From their, from the East Wing? The East Annex or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a huge spread. That was a lot of food. I think they had like pulled pork and beans and ribs. and. Yeah. I, I only have one question though. Is Did they invite the NDP? If John was cooking it, I don't think so. They get the beans. <laughs> they get the beans. The leftover beans. Leftover beans. Or else they just get the ham hock. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even smoked. <laughs> yeah, but you do that, right? Smoking? Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've got it. Today is a, another big day. So, yeah. Oh, yeah? As soon as you and I are done, it's up to the Weber. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. That's really interesting. I should get it. I'm going to buy a new barbecue, too, but... But uh, smoking seems interesting. I just the problem is I don't have the uh, enthusiasm within my family. Okay. Like if it was up to my wife, we'd be vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, that's Which not. is smoking <laughs> is pretty much meat. And Mind you, John Martin's meat. wife is vegetarian, so yeah, <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's smoking true. meat. Yeah, smoked fourteen hour smoked tofu is not really. It doesn't sound as enticing. No, it's just, it's just, <laughs> maybe maybe that's how you get flavor in tofu. Yeah. Yeah. It might work. Maybe. Sweet. Well, anything else, man? I think we we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just mean, let you talk. And I, I know. Sorry, I'm rambly. I guess. No, it's good. It's the Yeti. I was actually really worried about this because I'm, uh, like I said, I completely choked on Trevor McDonald. I ended up talking about things that. What do you think is going to be big stories next year? So I can think of the future. I'm not going to think of the past. No, I think this is good because you're sharing a lot of stuff from behind the scenes of being a reporter in town. Yeah. Because people just think that's his job he just puts it out on but there's there's consequences like good and bad for what you put in print like well yeah and people don't like and again one thing with the courts too is you get even when you think you're doing a like sometimes one thing i've learned is that you you never cease to be amazed by what will upset somebody yeah um because like if all you do is just put this is what they said in court 
Yeah. And you put it in print and mm-hmm. your name's on it. Like yeah. for whatever reason, people think that you are. But it's, sometimes there's a valid reason for the, the, and one time, and I, I'll never forget this, although I, I think I had a good conversation with the girl after, but there was a, there was a young man in uh, Yarrow. Him and his buddies were, as guys and their buddies do, is drinking, or maybe they weren't drinking. I'm sure they were drinking. Actually, oh yeah, they were definitely drinking. That was part of the case. <laughs> uh, apparently the driver wasn't drinking. There was a guy driving a pickup truck. He had a passenger, and there was two guys in the back of the pickup truck, and they were driving along Boundary Road. Yeah. One guy fell out, hit his head, died. Mm-hmm. The driver was charged with, I don't think it was criminal negligence causing death, but I think it was dangerous driving causing death or something. It was pretty serious, and it had a lesser included charge in there. So he, and he was, you know, he's traumatized by having done this. And but it was an interesting court case, only because everyone has kids, and te- everyone's been a teenager, and everyone's done something dumb and gotten away with it. And you know, it had that's all the, all the elements of the story that you want, as well as the important value of. What are the again? What are the sentences for certain crimes? What mm-hmm. does someone get who has no criminal record who accidentally kills his friend? Yeah, interesting, right? Like, so I did that story, and I thought it was, you know, it's a bit upsetting. And then this young woman came into the office, like almost tears, upset. She was the sister of the guy who died. Yeah, and she pointed out that like his mother has been trying to get over this for over a year, and yeah. just up with this in the paper now. And I was just like. I can't really disagree with that. I yeah. feel like an asshole for reporting that. But I explained to her what I just explained to you, which was why I did it, which was it's just important for people because she actually blamed the driver. It, the case became very much like, oh, the driver's an innocent victim. Look at what a good guy he is. He wasn't drunk. He, he It was a friend. It was an accident. So it was all... So she was mad about it that came up. But then you see, basically the point is you upset victims and you upset criminals Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you report on the courts. That's tough because it's a, as horrible of an event it is, as it is, mm-hmm. it's good for the general public to know. And some people want to know that. Some people understand that. Like the girl who was the victim of rape down at the Gill Bar mm-hmm. with a f- best, her best friend's father yeah. raped her on the back of an ATV. She contacted me a little bit at first upset her mother did and then I kind of talked her off the ledge a little bit to the point where she wanted me to tell her story so she sat down with me after the sentencing and told me her whole story yeah. she wanted me to use her name too Yeah. and there was a publication ban I yeah. wasn't allowed to use her name even if she wanted me to mm-hmm. so that was one where you have a victim who recognizes you know here's what happens when, you t- when you, you're raped because I think it's like one in ten rapes they, I guess, or reported. Yeah. Because you, you go through a trial and, like... Everything gets blown. Like, everyone sees everything. No matter what the defense lawyer is going to say. Oh, yeah, and they'll still say exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, here's here are the places that he did things to. Like, physical stuff gets described. We don't always report that, obviously. But, but that comes out in court. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, then the, and then the defense lawyer will basically try and say you were you know you were drunk and you can't remember this part of it so yeah you sure you weren't into it kind of like you know make her feel and that's his job yeah that's the nation that's why he's hired to be a defense lawyer yeah that's the notion of the adversarial and they look like that's why people have you know jokes about defense lawyers right what's yeah. the difference between a catfish and a lawyer <laughs> i don't know 
one's a low down bottom feeding scavenger and the other is just a fish <laughs> there you go right i'm sure you got a few <laughs> well there's a few lawyers in town here yeah most of them are very nice i like them. yeah but that's what they're paid to do defend yeah, exactly and some of them who defend the worst of the worst like uh the one guy defending Aaron Douglas who's accused of a double murder downtown and he defended Aaron Douglas on it. He got him off of an attempted murder. Wow. By, I mean, he seems like a snake. But that's his job and he, he turned the victim in circles on the stand. Just had him and just totally turned I watched it and it was brilliant. Next yeah. day the Crown dropped the charges so he'll never convict. Yeah. So, Crazy. Yeah. Joys yeah. of being a reporter, huh? Yeah, it's fun. Fun for sure. And I don't, sometimes I, upset people and I don't actually weirdly I'm actually a very sensitive guy and so I don't like when people don't like me so it's a kind of a weird position to be in because there are certain people in town who really 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 don't like me <laughs> so I it's think. had to be a learned practice then to deal with yeah you just sort of you just sort of deal with it and you realize that because there's some people who I should not should maybe not like me mm-hmm. like someone like John Less nobody on this planet has thicker skin than John Less yeah that guy did online and in person the stuff that i've heard that he's has to deal with he's he's unbelievable he once told me about this flat out told me you just put on your bullshit raincoat and you go through it like yeah he that was during the uh stuff about the charges about the like the criminal charges about the uh the land deal the rose rose bank or whatever okay yeah yeah and uh you know he subdivided land when he was the mayor and then it was like and it was kind of it was all sketchy but he was all he was you know they they dropped the charges. He was never. Yeah. But he just you know we reported on that you know I think we had the headline under a cloud cross splashed across page one and he'll he'll talk to me about anything like I've gone to lunch with him talked about stuff and he's big he's a massive like uh, climate change denier like that's half his Facebook posts are just he goes on and I'm on not about, friends with him on Facebook yeah. so. and I wrote a column once but we're comparing it to I said every time you see the word I felt bad for people who don't believe in climate change yeah. And I compared it to the term, say, unicorn farts. <laughs> yeah. So picture every time you see climate change, you hear unicorn farts. And then I replaced a whole bunch of stories and headlines with, unicorn. and it must drive them crazy because this is just a fantasy thing. And it's not real. And yet here's the president of this country, <laughs> my mayor, like, saying unicorn farts. <laughs> and he sent me a message back the next day just saying, disappointing. <laughs> and he still comments. We have great exchanges. We talked about how early you could plant lettuce seeds. Like, so some people can just totally take it. Yeah. And some people... I've had to block yeah, one person sure. in town, a prominent person in town, because he's just such a, yeah, just blinders on. And it's on the right and the left of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like I don't, I don't know what the percentage would be, but it's like the twenty percent of the people. The, there's twenty percent that hate you, and sure. they tend they tend to be the loudest. Well, yeah, right. Right. They make up for the other eighty percent. Yeah. And that was why I was actually going to, just reminded me, Seanick McPherson, who ran for the NDP. Okay. Federal NDP. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, I've been accused of having, like, this left-wing bias, and I've been accused of some people, sorry, of other things, and anyway, and I thought, you know, we've heard a lot of stuff about the pipeline, the Kinder Morgan pipeline expansion that goes yeah. through Chilliwack, and I've written stories about it since 2012, not four years now, since I first sort of found out it was coming, and tons of stories and people are opposed for this reason and that reason and here's the water it goes through and the schools and um and i thought you know there was one kinder morgan commercial where there was a, a woman from yarrow it was a commercial for the company 
mm-hmm. saying she was really happy with the company. They were great. And I thought that's kind of funny, typical sort of, you know. I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll f- try and find some landowners who like the company. So yeah. I found this guy. Yeah. Which is a great photo by Greg, by the oh, way. Oh, my God. He's so good. See, that's why I didn't even the Even the behind-the-scenes photo? I know, they're almost better. It was <laughs> just as good. <laughs> I know. That's me. I'm holding the umbrella. The, yeah. Uh, the lighting umbrella, right? Yeah. And um, so I thought it's a great story. It's it's totally one-sided because that's the point of it. It's Yeah, it's, it's this guy's a saying, different angle on it. Yeah, it's a different angle. Not every story has got this even balance. He said this, well, he said that. Sometimes you're just telling one side and you've told the other side a million times before. Yeah. Anyway, and then Shawnee McPherson with this letter. It's one thing to be critical of a story, but she's like completely calling just the times and Paul Anderson are just so unprofessional and just terrible and you're just, you know, the worst. She wrote this really, really nasty letter and I was just like, like, just read the story. Like, who cares? Give yeah. me a break. Like, yeah, this is this guy's story. This is what, yeah. yeah. Sure, maybe he's biased and, and, and you disagree with him and he's getting money from the company because he's got the right of way and who cares? It's yeah. just one one story among yeah. a massive narrative. That's yeah, you going can't on. deny that that, that guy Doesn't is saying represent. what he's saying, and he's yeah. Yeah, and he said some funny things that were you know called them tree huggers, and uh, there's a new term I never heard. He said he called them, he said they called them from the pavement. Like what? He said the people who complain. He called the people from the eco village. Yeah. He called them the people from the pavement. They're not from. They're not real farm people. They're people from the pavement. <laughs> I thought that was a great term because it's like saying you're from the city. Yeah, right? totally. From the pavement. I've never I immediately, heard that immediately got it. Yeah. I wasn't sure even I got it right because he's got a Dutch ac- heavy Dutch accent. Yeah. But it, that's what he said. He said, Is there people from the pavement? Thought, that's that awesome. A great term. You pave from the pavement or from the dirt? <laughs> <laughs> she started saying that. That's awesome. Anyway. But yeah, I just talk about people who get pissed off and yeah. whatever. And sometimes some people get over stuff too. The thing is, it goes. Let's put that raincoat on. Put the raincoat on. Yeah, you try to. Yeah. But yeah. Cool, man. I'm not going to ask you anything else. All right. That's cool. The, I think we got lots. Rambled on there. Sorry about that. That no, was great. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. So Cool. Thanks, Paul. I'm Matt. You're Paul <laughs> Henderson. And you can uh, redo in the Chilliwack Times every... Every Thursday. And where online? ChilliwackTimes.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PJH. That is P-E-E-J-A-Y-A-I-T-C-H. That's how you spell the letter H, A-I-T-C-H. Yes. I found that in a spelling bee one time. Nice. And uh, on Facebook, too, you can follow, friend me. I'll friend you back. I friend everybody. My work account. I've, Your work account. Yes, to be clear. <laughs> not every Paul Henderson online will follow you back. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And then you can also follow uh, or like the uh, Chilliwack Times uh you can like the Chillock Times Facebook page and the Chillock Times, just at Chillock Times Twitter feed and uh, too many ways of communicating, but yeah. 